What are you talking about? Real spiel. Yes, real. Yes, yes, real indeed. Much love, respect, and appreciation to those of you tuning into the podcast. It is still a very somber mood here in D.C. on a Tuesday. Uh, I'm sure by now, if you haven't heard, you've been under a rock. Kobe Bryant, tragic, tragic death on uh, Sunday. It's crazy because I was listening to a podcast, All the Smoke. Uh, It's produced by Showtime and Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson basically talked to a bunch of different figures in and outside of sports. And they want all the smoke because those two were fighters as players and smokers as players. Kobe was on there just talking about the lost opportunity and all the potential points he could have scored had he been starting from his rookie year like Allen Iverson and Tim Duncan and all his counterparts in the 1996 draft. Ah. Man, it's tough. It's tough. I've been watching Kobe interviews and highlights all day. Right now, SportsCenter is doing their best to segue into Super Bowl coverage. I'm sure the NFL is hating this right now. The cynical side of me says that NFL programming people are obviously devastated by the loss. Anyone who has money and flies on a helicopter regularly is definitely taking a breath today, taking a second guess about the next time they hop on that damn gyro chopter. I, I don't understand the science and physics behind how that damn thing takes off and flies. But then again, I don't understand the science and specifics behind the combustion engine either. Don't stop me from driving. And that's the thing. Flying in those helicopters, you know, all the reports remain to be seen. But the initial outlook is that the damn thing shouldn't have been in the sky in the first place. I don't know if that's true, but they're saying it was foggy and apparently there was some special clearance granted to Kobe. I don't know if that's the truth or not, but I would suggest or think that if you fly a lot, it's almost like driving. There's a certain level of comfort and complacency that you might experience when entering that transportation vessel. For me, when I get in a car, some mornings I'll look outside and it's super foggy or I'll know the roads are very slick. And it might be a warning trigger that signals on my vehicle. You know, you get those uh, alerts that pop up. Say, hey, hey, warning, roads are kind of slick, drive safely. Or, hey, maybe you want to, you know, turn on the heat on your uh, uh, windshield wiper to make sure that you defrost. All those things. But sometimes you're in a rush, got to go, can't be missing traffic. You know, the difference between leaving the house at 7 a.m. and 7.10 can be, shit, extra 20 minutes on your drive. So, you head out. What's the worst that can happen? You get in a car accident. You don't die, but you're severely injured. Maybe you're paralyzed. Is it worth it? These are all very, very morbid. And obviously, I'm trying to get off the topic of Kobe Bryant's death because I didn't know him. Obviously, I was affected by it and I'm impacted by it in a way that you never want to think about. It's not like I sit around and think about, oh, well, what if Kobe Bryant died? How would I feel about it? 
you never want to imagine those things. Whose mind goes to those places? But when your mind is forced to, it's strange the reaction that occurs. In the case of Kobe, I was devastated. I first heard the news laying down on my couch about to play NBA 2K. As I said, directly after listening to a video, watching a podcast video, All the Smoke, Kobe Bryant, is recorded about a month ago. And it was around 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And from what I know about the accident, I think the helicopter was going down around 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or uh, Pacific Time. So, you know, they're three hours behind. I'm pretty sure around the same time I was watching that video, I kid you not, that damn helicopter was in the midst of crashing. And it, as soon as I pulled up my phone, Dana White posted a picture of Kobe and said, R.I.P. I was like, what the fuck? R.I.P.? Whoa, 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 whoa. I dropped my phone on the ground. And I picked it back up to Google and find out what the hell was going on. Because sometimes people in UFC circles are conspiracy theorists. And I had to stop following Eddie Bravo because he always posting crazy shit. But this wasn't one of those moments. This was a time where there was legitimate cause for concern, devastation, and tears. I'm not saying I cried, but I definitely welled up. You know, I just thinking about his daughter, which wasn't confirmed until about an hour after I saw the initial post from Dana, but. You just got a bad feeling when I saw five others associated with the crash. I was praying that it wasn't his whole family. I was praying that it wasn't Kobe and everyone, but it was still bad enough that it was him and his daughter. And as I said, you can't forget about the loss potential of everyone involved. You had... Alyssa Altabelli, Gianna's teammate. You had her parents. I believe there were two other teammates' parents on the plane and the pilot. You, know, you can't... All life is precious, right? And obviously, there's levels to the impact and influence you have in life. There are a lot of people hurting for the high school basketball coach. That was on that helicopter. The, the college baseball coach. You know, those two out to bellies. There's a lot of people hurting for everybody. You know? But Kobe had a unique impact and influence on the world that is clearly shown by the outpouring, uh, the outpouring of support and emotional response from people who aren't even basketball fans. I've had hour-long conversations with friends of mine who I know for a fact don't watch basketball on a regular basis. But if you've shot a basketball, if you've shot a paper ball into a trash can or thrown anything into any type of circular object, you have shouted Kobe. You know what it means to embrace Mamba mentality. There have been so many times where I've been playing pickup basketball and I started biting my t-shirt. There have been so many times where I've done the Kobe fist bump. Like there have been so many times where I've done the jab step, jab step, you know, fade away on the elbow. 
on the shoulder, playing pickup basketball. There's been so many times where I've taken that shot against air and shot an air ball and still put it up another 80 times or stayed out there for another hour just because I was thinking about you wasn't with me shooting in the gym. I, just thinking about Kobe Bryant, man. It's, it's, I mean, and I wasn't even a basketball player per se. Like, I never played in high school. I never thought of myself as a hooper. It's just something that you pick up for or something I personally picked up for cardio and as a way to get out of just running to run. And, you know, I've always been a huge fan of basketball, always watched. But as far as playing and trying to mimic the movements on the court, I was never the type of dude to do that, you know, before about two or three years ago. And when I did, the first person I looked to in terms of modeling my game after someone was Kobe Bryant. It's Kobe Bryant. And though I will never reach the heights he did as an athlete and maybe never as an artist, I will always have a grand level of appreciation for his ability to influence me and embrace that responsibility he had to influence and assist the next generation. It's funny because someone who's known as a ball hog, a non-passer, he granted more assists than any athlete I can think of. The rest of this podcast is just going to be bits and clips of interviews and some quotes from Kobe that I've always been fond of. One specific that comes to mind is when he had just injured his hand or something like that, and he shot a free throw, and the reporter after the game asked him how he was able to bounce back so quick and fight through the pain, and Kobe just responded, we ain't all built the same, man. Simple. I mean, that stuck with me forever. I think about that anytime people say life isn't fair. I'm like, yeah, genetics aren't fair. That was your first introduction to the idea that a fair is a place where they judge pigs. Everything else is circumstantial. I hope you'll join me in taking in these memories and continuing to show your appreciation and love for Kobe by working hard and persevering through whatever it is you have to get done this week. It's going to be a tough postseason in basketball. It's going to be a tough playoffs. It's going to be a tough Super Bowl week. Anything surrounding sports is going to have an air of Kobe appreciation and mourning. So prepare for that and prepare to listen to the basketball god as we all know him, Kobe Bean Bryant, speak on perseverance. Follow your passion first. Um, when I retired from the game, you know, I sat there asking kind of all the wrong questions. You know, what's the biggest industry I can get into? And it's all the wrong stuff. And you got to sit there and ask yourself, okay, what am I truly passionate about? What do I enjoy doing? And when you feel that way, I, honestly, I mean, you feel like you have never worked a day in your life. It's the most fun thing in the world. You get up in the morning excited about what you're doing. And you got to be really honest with yourself about it. If you wake up in the morning and you're dreading going to work, dude, do something else. Right. Do something else. And those are hard decisions to make. But when you make those decisions, it's a very liberating experience. And you find out that the rewards will come.
best way to prove your, your value is to work, is to learn, is to absorb, uh, to be a sponge. But you always want to outwork your potential. As hard as you believe you can work, you can work harder than that. And that's what I tried to do when I first came in the league. But, you know, basketball is such a direct competition sport. And me coming in at 17, I hated when, like, my teammates would say, you know, I get hit with an elbow, right? Shaq would hit me with an elbow in practice. And, like, you know, <laughs> you know, Nick Van Exel would come up and say, are you okay? I'm like, what? <laughs> Mao, are you okay? <laughs> hell's wrong with you you know so like I always had that extra chip on my shoulder so like every day in practice for me was really trying to annihilate everybody that was that I was playing against because I wanted to prove you don't need to babysit me like I, I'm fine <laughs> you know and uh and so it's always um, that competitive nature the work ethic and curiosity because I asked a lot of questions when playing with Byron Scott I asked him a lot of questions Eddie Jones, who was great at chasing guards off the screens, and I didn't understand how to do that. I would sit with him before practice, after practice. Magic, all the Laker greats, I would always sit down and just ask him questions about certain games that I studied growing up. What actually happened there? What did you feel there? Why? We were playing against the Lakers, Tom, and we were out here in LA. So the game was at seven. You know what? I'm gonna come to the Staples Center because we're playing. This is when the Lakers had Kobe and Shaq. Okay, this is this is like the championship Lakers. So you know, I'm gonna get there at three o'clock. I want to make sure I make 400 made shots before I go back into the room and then I sit in the sauna and I get ready for the game. So, you know, get in the car, get to the gym, get there, and as I'm walking onto the court, who do I see? I see Kobe Bryant already working out. So once I set my foot across that line, I start working out and. So I worked out for a good hour, hour and a half. And when I came off, after I was done, I sat down, and of course, I still heard the ball bouncing. I looked down, I'm like, this guy's, this guy's still working out. He's been, he was working out for like, it looks like he was in a dead sweat when I got here, right. and he's still going. And it's not like his moves are nonchalant or <laughs> lazy. He's doing like game moves, you know? Um, I sit there and I unlace my shoes, I'm like, I wanna see how long this goes. So I sit out there and watch, uh, 25 minutes. And he got done, I said, okay. I think I've seen enough, go play, you know, come back, get in the sauna, get ready for the game. That game, he drops 40 on us, okay? And after the game is over, I'm like, I, I have to ask this guy, like, I, I have to understand, like, why, why he, he works like that. Right. So after the game is over, I'm like, hey, Cove, like, why, why were you in the gym for so long? He's like, because I saw you come in. And I, and I wanted you to know that it doesn't matter how hard you work, that I'm willing to work harder than you. If your job is to try to be the best basketball player you can be, mm -hmm. right? to do that, you have to practice, you have to train. Right? You want to train as much as you can, as often as you can. So if you get up at 10 in the morning, train at 11, right? 12, say 12, train at 12, train for two hours, 12 to two. Um, you have to let your body recover. So you eat, recover, whatever. you get back out, you train, start training again at six. Train from six to eight, right? and now go home, you shower, you eat dinner, you go to bed, you wake up, you do it again, right? Those are two sessions. Right now, imagine you wake up at three, you train at four, you go four to six, come home, breakfast, relax, so, so, blah, blah, blah. Now you're back at it again, nine to 11, right? You relax, and now all of a sudden you're back at it again, two to four, and now you're back at it again, seven to nine. Look how much more training I have done by simply starting at four. 
right? And so now you do that, and as the years go on, the separation that you have with your competitors and your peers just grows larger and larger and larger and larger and larger. And by year five or six, doesn't matter how, what kind of work they do in the summer, they're never going to catch up because they're five years behind. <laughs> right? So it makes sense to get up and start your day early because you can get more work in. If I start earlier, I can train more hours. And I know the other guys aren't doing it because I know what their training schedule is. Right? So I know if I do this consistently over time, this, the, the gap's just going to widen and widen and widen and widen and widen and they won't be able to get that back. So it, to me, it was just common sense. I'm like thinking, how can I get an advantage? Oh, start earlier. Yeah, let's do that. How do you, how do you develop that? Or where do you, where do you learn that from? Well, I, I think it's just, you know, it's just a matter of what's important to you. Mm -hmm. What's important to you for, for whatever reason, you know, I, I felt like um, I didn't feel good about myself if I wasn't doing everything I could to be the best version of myself. If I felt like I left anything on the table, um, it would eat away at me. I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror. And so the reason why I can retire now and be completely comfortable about it because I know that I've done everything I could to be the best basketball player I could be. Absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out.